As mentioned, uh, um, I am the lead pastor of the church. I get to um, co-lead with my beautiful wife, Bethany, who's in the back with our boy, um, and a handful of lovely leaders uh, who serve diligently. And today, we get to hear from one of those leaders. That's right. I'm taking a back seat, which is awesome. I'm always excited to do uh, that. And I'm asking um, our good friend, a dear friend of mine, uh, Will Eifler, to share with us the Word of God. Yeah, you can put your hands together. Um, Last Sunday, we kicked off a popular um, message uh, titled uh, Generosity. Yeah, it's very popular in our generation and in, in, in this time of history. Uh, and Will is going to speak into that a, a bit. Um, and, and this man exemplifies generosity in more ways than one. Matter of fact, um, I've learned a lot about uh, him. I, I mean, a lot about generosity through his life. And I'm sure you're going to learn a lot uh, about generosity through the life of Jesus as he unpacks uh, the scriptures for us today. Uh, with that being said, you know, I always like to just, you know, I, you know, pray for us as we go and, and engage and start to listen to the, the word. Because how many know it's easy just to like, at this moment, unplug? Like, yeah, we went through the nice, decent worship music. Now we got to hear somebody for 35 minutes. It's so easy just to like, you know, once 15 minutes pass, just to like totally f- think about what our plans are for the day or the week and whatnot. But I'm just going to ask right now in prayer that the Lord captures our attention, that we're able to just focus on his word uh, this morning. Can I do that? Let's bow our heads. Father, um, We thank you for this moment that our worship continues, Lord. It it continues, Lord. It's uh, gone into our giving, Lord. It's gone to the music and the songs that we sing. And now it's, Lord, an aspect of of your scripture and opening the word of God and, and, and deepening our love for you, Lord, as we're taught the scriptures. And so, Lord, I ask God that this next 35 to 40 minutes or so wouldn't be lost, but the Holy Spirit would capture our attention. And that we would be uh, listening to every word, Lord, and being inspired and provoked to follow you uh, uh, more intensely. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Friends and family, Will Eifler. Thank you so much. If I ever go on the road, I need to just hire you to hype me up before things. That'd be amazing. It's the best to thank you for those encouraging words. I, I am so excited I get to talk about this. Um, But I'm also a little bit like, I don't know, money is tough. Money is a tough topic. So does anybody in here have trouble with money? Anybody honest? Anybody awake? Wow, you guys are doing great. So I got to hit pause here. We're going to do audience participation today. Everybody okay? If you're all right with that, say yeah. Yeah. That was like 75%. That was good. If you're okay with that, say yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay, we did it. I feel good. So if you have money, now that we're a little more engaged, right? Because it takes a second to get out of that mode. Does anybody in here ever have issues with money? Okay. Seems like that's common. Okay. Does anybody in here ever have issues spending money on things they shouldn't spend money on? Or is it a bad idea? If there's any notable things, you can just shout them out at me. I have a whole list. I have a whole list of things. One of which, I know this is a sin, and I'm not, I don't even use that word lightly uh, for a lot of us, eating out way too much. I mean, dear God, the first time that I saw my budget when I was in my 20s, seeing how much I spent eating out. Anybody relate to that one, eating out too much? Shoes, shoes that look ridiculous, right? I, I have 
a tremendous disability when it comes to fashion. Some of you watch it and comment. The rest of you seem to just kind of not say anything, and that's appreciated. But I, like, go buy shoes, and they don't work, and then I have to, like, donate them. And, I, it's, I mean, I guess I'm giving the shoes away, so that's not the worst thing. But books I don't read. Anybody with me there? You, you hear about a book. Oh, you got to read this book, you know? And then you go buy the book, and it sits there, and you never read it, and you never do anything with it. This is like just the beginning, right? My favorite, my favorite example, though, is my first car. Anybody remember their first car? Some of you don't have cars. Actually, probably half of you don't own cars. But um, I, was, I was like renting zip cars. Anybody know what that is? Zip car? So I, I had I'd actually crashed a car that my brother gave me. So that was sort of my first car. But then I was renting, and then it got too expensive. And I just fell in love with this one specific car. And uh, it was this little Mazda 3 hatchback, and I just loved it so much. I was like, okay, it's time that I don't just rent anymore. It's time that I actually go buy something and actually be a little bit more consistent. And, you know, I had a job that I needed to get to. I was, I'd just become a worship pastor at a different church. And I went to my parents, because I was like 21. This is like 11 years ago. And... I basically didn't make very much money back then. I had just started my first business, and I was like, look, guys, this is a good idea. I, want you, I need you to co-sign for this thing, like, because I probably don't make enough, but this is a good idea, like a brand new car. I need to lease a brand new car, okay? Some of you are cringing already, but um, I was like, listen, this is, my dad was a car guy. My mom, you know, she wasn't so keen, but he was like, let's do it. Let's get it. So we go to the car dealership. And I had the car picked out, but they're like, you know, we don't have the Smurf blue car that you asked for. It's not available. I was like, it's probably for the best, you know, again, fashion sense, not seriously strong. I was like, okay, we'll take the silver one. That's fine. We go to the, it's time to sign the papers. And I come up with, she's like, oh, you know, that's kind of low, but I'm sure they'll go for it. You know, financing will take care of this. It'll be fine. She comes back out. She's like, yeah, you can't afford that. That's not going to work. You can't get this car. And I was like, dad, could you please co-sign? Because I wanted to see if I could do it. And it was like, no way, you don't make enough money. And he co-signs. We're finishing up. It's time to go. And it's time to roll out. And they bring the car out. And we look at the license plate, 666. I'm like, how do we get the devil's car? How did, we, how did they roll out? This is, this is the work of the devil. I know we shouldn't be doing this. This is the wrong decision financially. I shouldn't be getting this car. But I drove away and uh, yeah, anyway, I, eventually I paid that off. And thankfully it turned out to be a reliable car. But the point is I probably shouldn't have bought that car at that time. And I think we all can relate to areas like this with our finances, even if you're not making stupid financial decisions, you know, money is hard to manage. So here's what this message is not. It's not about managing money. It probably sounded like I was ramping up to that. It's actually not about that. I'm not Dave Ramsey. This is not some kind of like how to budget, okay? Like I'm, I have, I barely know how to budget myself. My wife does a better job of that. But what this is about today is what money is for. Anybody with me? You guys with me? Okay, I see, I hate, heads are nodding. This is good. So, I want to go to Genesis 12. This is a beautiful, epic story. Abraham, right? Genesis 12, 1. The Lord's speaking to Abraham. 
Oh, and I opened my Bible to the wrong spot. There we go. The Lord says to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So God blessed Abraham to do what? Anybody know? Got it. You got it. Some of you got it. Okay, say it out loud. God blessed Abraham to what? Be a blessing. That's right. That was the purpose of the incredible blessing God placed on Abraham's life. This powerful, just life-altering thing. It wasn't just for him. That is the title of my message today. It's not just for you. It's not just for you. Here's the deal. What God has done in your life already was not just for you. Where he's taking you is not just so that you can stamp some kind of heavenly punch card. It's for others. It's for a testimony throughout the ages of God's goodness and mercy in your life. And you can't get there without God's goodness. And he's promised he will be good to you. That's not a question. The question is, what are you going to do with it? Genesis 14. This one I have to skim. It's kind of long. But basically, this is what happens. A war breaks out. Abraham's a nomad. His group, he has like hundreds of people with him. They get caught up in the middle of it. There's nations, there's groups and tribes fighting. Abraham's in the middle of it. The Bible mentions this character, the king of Salem. No recorded real city there. There's, his name is Melchizedek. He has no history, no genealogy. There's nobody who comes after him. A lot of scholars agree this is a pre-incarnate revelation of Jesus. The angel of the Lord, by the way, when you see the angel of the Lord appear in the Old Testament, many times those were what were called theophanies. They were a, the, thank you, Joe. See, I, I, I was waiting for that moment. I was like, dear God, please, I hope I got this right. Joe affirmed. He's the scholar. He went to Bible school. Um, but these were the places in the Old Testament where people got to see the person of God in the flesh appear to, this is not the only time that God appears to Abraham. But in this case, the angel of the Lord, pre-incarnate Christ, comes, wins the battle for Abraham, defeats these opposing armies. Abraham, in gratitude, gives the tenth of all that he has. This is the beginning. This is the precedent for the tithe in the Old Testament. Okay? So, again, another thing that this message is not about. It's not about the tithe. It's about the gratitude that he was acting out of. This is the point. The, God, the victories that God brings in your life aren't just financial. Finances are just a way that we can express our faith and our gratitude for God as he fights on our behalf. You with me? That's what happened in this passage. This is literally the establishment of the precedent of giving in the Old Testament that we see. And it's literally about gratitude for God fighting on our behalf, not just financially, fighting battles on our behalf. Let me just tell you this. Even if, even if your life is marked by poverty and struggle, 
God is still fighting on your behalf. He's still good. He's still working. You may not see it, but he's doing it. And let me tell you this. It's not going to last forever. You're headed for eternity. You're headed for something so much better. God has an eternity of goodness and abundance stored up for you. So we get so fixated on exactly what it should look like right now. We have very specific ideas that sometimes come from very broken places of what God should be doing in our life. But I promise you this, God is fighting on your behalf. The question is, where do you stand? Are you on God's team? Because this is, the question isn't, is God out to bless me? God is out to bless you. He absolutely is going to bless you. God is after your heart. God is after your devotion and your faith and your gratitude. He's asking today, are you on my team? See, the question isn't, because this happened, you know, Joshua in the Old Testament later on, he, he, uh, he asked, the, the, the angel of the Lord appears to him, and he says, is, are, you, are you on our team? Are you on their team? Who are you going to fight for? He said, get on my team. I don't, I, I don't fight for anybody else. I have my own team. You should get on my team. This is the question today. Are you on God's team? Because that team is winning. The victories, God is winning. Thank you. Got a couple of witnesses. This is good. Got to get those head nodding again. I need it. The victories God is winning in your heart are not just for you. And we need to stop and think about that for a second. The struggles, the personal issues, the things that you are working for, you are not just working through those for yourself. If you could get your eyes off of your own circumstance for just a half second, and look above what God said to Abraham. He's saying it to you. I want to bless you to be a blessing. This is in every area of your life. This is in freedom emotionally. This is in freedom mentally. It's freedom financially. God didn't just say, I'm going to take care of one area of your life. And I'm not saying you absolutely know exactly what that's going to look like today when it comes to the finances. But here's what I am saying. God's going to take care of you. God is faithful He's taking you somewhere good, and it's not just for you. It's for others. I want to turn real quick to Luke 12, 48. This is a simple, quick passage that I think all of us would be able to quote. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. That was Jesus' words. I have to say, it's a scary thing to be given more. Jesus made that abundantly clear. Some of us are so fixated on getting more, we have no idea what we're asking for. It's a scary thing to be given more. I want to share with you what Jesus thought about money and eternity. There's two parables that you should read in depth once again, we're going to skim them for the sake of time. But in the parable of the talents, anybody familiar with that parable? Raise your hand. You read it? I need you to be honest with me. I really need to know. I actually do. Because if half of you didn't read it, I, I need to go through it. All right, half of you didn't read it. We got to go through it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to be helpful. Seriously, that's literally the only reason for that. Parable of the talents, Matthew 25. 
And the talent was about the equivalent of 20 grand, just so you know. I think, is that about right? Joe's nodding again. This is good. Verse 14, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and he entrusted his money to them. Entrusted, point that word out. While he was gone, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. A lot of translations call this a talent. Dividing it in proportion to their abilities. That's an interesting thought. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest. It's very interesting in the Bible to talk about investing. Invest the money and earned five more. Okay? The servant with two bags went to work, earned two more. But the servant with, who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground, and he hid the master's money. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he entrusted five bags came forward and said, Master, I've made five more. And he says, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Now, there are translations, or I can't remember if it's a different gospel. Literally, he says, I will put you over five cities. Okay? That's a profound paradigm to think about that God is looking for people to entrust. And it could be way beyond your wildest dreams. I just want you to put a little bookmark in your brain there. Okay? Servant who gave, who came forward who had received two bags, and he says, Master, you gave me two bags of silver, and I earned two more. Master says, well done. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate. And the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting what you don't plant, gathering what you don't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. And the master replies, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you at least deposit it and get some interest in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. And he says, to those who use well what they've been given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. Note the word abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they, they have will be taken away. And other translations say, and given to those who have more. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What's really fascinating is what follows this parable is another parable, okay? Clearly one building upon the other. And the other parable is about the sheep and the goats. Raise your hands if you're familiar with the sheep and the goats, okay? So about half of us again. I'm gonna summarize it because we don't have a lot of time. But it's about... Literally, Jesus dividing the nations of the earth at the final judgment between those who cared for the poor and the sick and the needy and those who didn't. Now, this is what I have to say to you. Jesus' value system, and I'm going to encourage you, go read these. Those of you who didn't raise your hands, I charge you, go read it. Go read these parables. And if you did, read it again. But this is what Jesus says. Money, in God's eyes, when you sum these up, money is about multiplication and generosity. It's about good stewardship, and it's about giving. You got me? So I've got, now we're down to about 25% head nodding. I felt like that might happen. It's very clear 
what God wants to do. I, 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 I'll t- I, can, I can't speak for you guys. I can't speak, but I can speak for myself. I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful with what God has given me. I have a sobriety. I am, quite honestly, I am, I am sobered to the point of being a little scared to use what God has given me well and for his kingdom and for other people. It scares me. You know, like, I, I, there's Maverick City just dropped more music. Love their music. They got this new one. Bless me, bless me, let it fall on me. Anybody heard that one? Of course. It's a jam. All right. I'm just like, can we go back to, like, the other scary song that, like, you know, Dante Bo was singing earlier? Yeah, that was less scary. It just feels less scary now. I want to be tried by fire, purified. Take whatever you desire. Lord, is my life. That's a little less scary than God, give me more. <laughs> Read Jesus' words. It's scary to be given more. I would rather say, God, purify. Just purify me. Just take it. I don't care. I don't want it. God wants to give you more. I'm not a prosperity preacher. I don't believe in that stuff. But I will say, it's in the Bible. God wants to give you more. This isn't mysterious stuff that you have to suss out with a bunch of like hermeneutical knowledge. You need to read the Bible and just say, look, wow, God wants to give me more. But there's a solemn responsibility to that. Don't take it lightly. Don't take your life lightly. Don't take your time lightly. Don't take your money lightly. It's not just for you. God gave it to you for an eternal purpose. And listen, I have to pull up the handbrake here. I'll probably get chided for this later, but hopefully I don't stray too far off off course. But I'm not even talking about you having to give to the church. However, (laughs) this is where we get off course. If you knew the astuteness with which money is managed here and the low budget that we actually make a lot of things happen, you'd be shocked to live in this city, to do ministry in this city. And this is as far as I'm going to go. It's not about that, however. It's about trusting God. Listen, I am fully aware that there are plenty of people sitting here who don't believe in giving to the church. And that's okay. You might be sorting it out. That's absolutely not a pressure, by the way. I don't want to in any way say you need to, you need to figure it out. What I will say is this. It does reveal the state of your heart. It does reveal how much you trust God. I will say this much. If you trust these guys to lead you spiritually, why would you not trust them to lead you financially? That's all I've got to say on that. Because I can personally vouch, but I'm not going to go there. I'm not even going to go any further with that. Your faith in God is manifested tangibly in the way you manage your life. It's managed in your time. It's managed in your money. It's managed in your emotions. And by the way, might I add, those things are connected. Your money is not just completely disconnected from your emotional and your mental well-being. The fact that you're anxiety-ridden can't stop thinking about money. When that happens, it should give you pause. It should cause you to pull up the handbrake, park for a second and say, God, what is happening in my life? Not bless me, bless me, let it fall on me. 
This song does get it right a little later on. So everything, everyone around me can have everything they need. That would, I hope that's our goal. But it is not for you to meditate on God. I need more. I will tell you this much. In my life, the times that I've said, what is going on? I've had to pull up the handbrake and I would say, where are we parked? It's not about more. Because let me tell you this. As my business grew, years that it would double my spending would double. <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> it's phenomenal. I had to make some course corrections along the way. And some of those I'm still working on. It is challenging. It is a test of our integrity to manage money. So this is what I'm going to say about money in closing. You have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose. Jesus already paid it all for you. That's the thing you got to keep in mind. It's about Jesus paid for your eternal soul and he paid for your eternal well-being as well. There was a price on your head far bigger than a quarter million dollars of school debt. There was a price far bigger than any debt collector has ever been after on you. You could have never paid it. And in a moment, he came in and he flipped a switch. And he said, it's gone. It's paid. Get out. You don't have to be in this prison anymore. I just wanted to say over you today, you no longer have to live in a prison of fear and anxiety. You are a child of God. You are a son of God. You are the, a daughter of the Most High. You do not have to live enslaved in bondage some money anymore. That's not the way you have to live. I just want to declare over this congregation today, faith that you will be somebody, you will run the race well. You will run your race with integrity and faithfulness in Jesus' name. I just declare over this room right now, Lord, I just say that you will make us a people faithful after you, God. Faithful to steward what you give. God, I ask that it would go far beyond what we've seen or imagined. God, make it something that would blow our minds. God, that we wouldn't be able to contain the blessing that we would have to give. Lord, that we would be able to support people. God, that we would be able to support organizations and missions. Lifting up the needy, God. Lifting up the poor. God, we don't want to just be here to enjoy. I don't want to just enjoy life. I don't want to lay up. God, I want, I want a life that's after you, God. I, want, I, I don't just need prosperity. God, I need prosperity in my heart, God, so that I can give the prosperity in my pocket correctly. I don't want to live for myself. God, I declare over this room, this, is, this will be a people, Lord. I declare over Hilltop Church, God, whether these people are here for two months, God, or for two years or two decades, I declare over the people in this room that we will be a faithful people, God, that we will get our eyes off of what the world says about money, off of what the world says about giving, off of what the world says the church is doing, and that we would get our eyes onto you, God. I ask for faith right now, God, to live in a different world, a different reality than the one we've been brought up in. God, I'm asking today, God, that you would raise up faithful people and in Jesus' name, I declare over you, you will be that person. You sitting there right in that seat right now, I am declaring over you in Jesus' name, you will be faithful. You will be integrous. 
You will manage money well. Your family will have their needs taken care of. In Jesus' name, I declare, this will be a faithful people. In Jesus' name. Amen. No, you're good, you're good, man. I'm just closing it out for you, just in case, you know, a text came from your wife and said you could have done better in that point, or that point. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm joking. I'm sorry, man, I just broke the moment. I just broke the moment. Uh, I could go in about 20 different directions, um, but I'm just... Uh, I'm going to go about the route that we chose to do prior to um, actually having the service. Uh, we have an opportunity, and that's the way we're looking at it. We have an opportunity to not just hear the word proclaimed this morning, but to actually do it. I, I get excited about that. Because uh, so many times I sit in a service, I just hear, and I, I just do nothing with it afterwards. I'm guilty, you know, as charged sometimes. Uh, but we have an immediate uh, way in which we can uh, respond and take action as a church to meet some of the needs that we have. Now, I imagine there's maybe a lot of um, questions maybe going off at this time, like, oh, they're just preaching on generosity uh, because they're going to take an offering uh, for the needs of the church. And that's not the case at all, actually. None of this was planned. Uh, and, and to avoid uh, talking about generosity and, and, and money would be avoiding some of the teachings of Jesus as well are well already uh, well presented before us. So you just can't steer clear uh, of the issue. And neither should we. Uh, we don't spend a lot of time talking about money as a church, but we've dedicated these last two Sundays to do such. And this may be the last time you hear about it uh, for another several years. <laughs> um, but needless to say, man, my heart was provoked. It was stirred. I hope yours was too. Uh, and we do have an, uh, an action that we can take right now. If you were here last Sunday, and I imagine there's many of you who were not, and that's why, again, we're choosing to talk on generosity, because we realize that almost every Sunday we have a different group of people who gather with us. Um, but if you were here, you would know that we started this thing called the Fall Fundraiser. If I can get that slide up on the overhead, that would be awesome. And... Um, we have two goals that we're hoping to meet here very, very soon. Uh, one goal, we're almost um, uh, there. We're almost to the finish line. Uh, we're trying to secure about 100 backpacks uh, for children and low-income areas here in Cambridge, uh, filled with all sorts of goodies, pencils, things that they need for the year. And, and that's going to run us just about $5,000 I am happy to announce because we're putting this uh, particular fundraiser before uh, the next one that I'm going to share in just a couple minutes. We are at $3,000 um, now we have generated for that goal. That means $2,000 left over. And we're actually partnering with another church. So who knows how many you know, dollars they're going to raise. And who knows, maybe that, uh, that, that, that particular backpack drive could go up to like 200 I don't know. I know that there's a great need in our city for them. And so that's our goal. Our goal, first and foremost, is to reach $5,000 to secure 100 backpacks filled with goods for students who, who parents can't just go out to Walmart and blow, you know, a hundred bucks or so on a backpack for their child. And so we're, we're, we got $3,000 raised for that. And then secondly, we have a massive, and I, 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 this is a massive opportunity for our church. Um, 
we have been in conversations now for maybe the last month or so with the Dante. This is the Dante. This is not our church building. We rent this Sunday after Sunday. Yes, we would be considered to be a portable church. We set up breakdowns Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Well, we have an opportunity before us to end some of that madness. Now, for somebody like me, who's been faithfully uh, uh, you know, serving seven, eight years, every morning, every evening, breaking down, setting up, and all that stuff, this excites me. People like Will, Andrew, others, who have faithfully given their uh, time, their mornings, to helping us get things going, uh, this is huge. It, it means that we can, it doesn't mean that we can leave everything set up, but we can leave a, a lot of things set up, things that matter, things that would take a lot of time. We could just leave all set up things like uh, these speakers and, and, and just some of the things that the board, without getting into the all details, we have an opportunity before us to, to make our uh, uh, using this, renting this space a little bit more permanent, a little bit more like ours. And I, I, it's not ours, but in a way, uh, it, it's going to feel a little bit more like, oh, like we just get to enter in and come in and, and not have to set up speakers today. This is awesome. Well, we have to raise some money uh, for this goal because there's some things we have to purchase um, in order to do it. And so we're looking, uh, by the grace of God, to raise anywhere between thirteen dollars to $15,000 in order to uh, secure some of the equipment that we need um, so that we're not here. And if you're volunteering, uh, and if you're, you're like me and Will, you have faithfully throughout the years just given yourself Sunday, Sunday, after Sunday, after Sunday to serve this house, Man, I would give, I'm giving to this. I'm like, I'm gonna, what do we have, babe? Because we're going to raise this money. I'm done. I'm old. I can't do it anymore. Um, but I think it's, it's more than just, uh, you know, me being old now and a little bit more tired, a little more run down. Um, this is something that God is orchestrating. God has really given us some favor here at this place, uh, a favor that I've never experienced in the seven to eight years that I've been pastoring, you know, and, and, and kind of doing portable church. Um, the Dante loves us and we love the Dante. Uh, and not only will um, some of the things that we're going to do serve our needs, but it will also serve the Dante's needs. Uh, and they'll be able to bring more resources and income uh, with uh, the use of some of our equipment. So everybody is blessed. Everybody gets to benefit. Um, so without um, boring you any longer, we're going to take an offering. We're going to take an offering. This isn't the last time that you're going to hear about this offering. We're going we're gonna to try to, by the grace of God, raise this money. Um, and so, uh, again, an action point, right? It's, it's not enough that we just hear God's word. We get to now do God's word. And, and again, like, hey, listen, we're trusting God in this. It's a lot of money, right? That's a lot of money. But he is able, and we believe that he's leading us, and we have been um, frugal and have crunched and have looked at all the different equipment that we need and tried to keep these numbers very low. And now we're just going to trust God. We're going to open our hearts as a community, and we're going to take an offering in closing. Will, if you could come up. You just preached a beautiful sermon, but if you could play some beautiful music in the background. And then ushers, if you could get ready. We're not going to work hard at this. Again, I, I, we're trusting God. We're trusting God. But man, if the Holy Spirit oppresses something on your heart or puts a number, you know, like I would like to give this towards, um, you know, the backpack drive. And you don't have to worry. We're, we're committed to raise the $5,000 before we um, even start, like, using some of the money for uh, the equipment that we need here at the Dante. That's that's first and foremost. So we're not making those distinctions. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we're, we're raising, uh, the end goal is what? I think it's, uh, how much was the to total? $20,000, $20,000. 
Um, anyways, let's, let's pray. Uh, Father, um, we, we thank you for the word that we were exposed to, Lord, and we listened to and we took in today. Lord, we thank you uh, for the teachings of Jesus around generosity and the parables, Lord, uh, calling us to be generous and good stewards of what you've given us. Lord, we, in this moment, Lord, we, we don't, under the teaching of Scripture, see as anything as our own, Lord, to, to just do what we want, Lord. Lord, right now we're asking for the Holy Spirit to come into this moment uh, Lord, you've given us some opportunities. You've given us some opportunities to bless our city, to bless the Dante, and to be blessed as a result, Lord, as we use this facility, God. And um, we look at them as just that, Lord. They're opportunities, but Lord, we need uh, money. And Lord, we look to you as Jehovah, our provider. And so Jehovah, come and inspire generosity in this place this morning in my heart and in my friends and, and, and family members here at church. Inspire, Lord, that generous spirit, Lord, that you inspired and provoked in the early church in the book of Acts, God. Lord, as we preached last Sunday, Lord, we don't just want the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we want uh, the inspiration to, to be generous with what you've given us, Lord. And so right now, Holy Spirit, we, we ask you, God, to, 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 to help us, Lord. I, I, Lord, I have a problem with being generous, Lord. I, I, I'm not good at it, but I look to you, Lord. Help me. Help those like me here this morning, God. In Jesus' mighty name, we look to you, our provider. Bring in more than enough, more than what we need, God, to move this church into the future, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now, Let's just take a couple minutes and, and, and let's just ask the Holy Spirit, am I to give anything? And if I am, what do you want me to give? You know, I, I preached last Sunday that generosity isn't just a matter of what's required of Scripture, but it's also something that is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so we're just going to re rely and trust in the Holy Spirit to inspire us now to generous giving, to generous sowing. So let's take just a couple minutes, pause, and ask. I, I am literally trying to work up nothing, trust me. I, 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 pastoring here for seven to eight years has been nothing but a work of faith. It is a miracle to see the numbers work in, in, in one of the most expensive cities in America. It's why churches die here a lot, because it's just so expensive. To, to run a, a community of faith in the city. And so I, I have come this far knowing that God is able, but he uses us. So let's take a moment and just ask the Holy Spirit if he might use us to generate some of this finance to bless our city and to move us on into the future.